Hello, and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help businesses, brands, and entrepreneurs get more out of their advertising and marketing campaigns. On today's episode, we have Kyle Yelmseth from GNB Digital Management. Kyle is an industry pioneer pushing forward a lot of the new strategies and tactics in influencer marketing. And we brought him on the show today to talk about how influencer marketing can be applied to enterprise businesses as well as direct to consumer businesses, B2B businesses and everything in between. Kyle, thanks so much for being on the show with us. How are you? Awesome, Lucas, thank you for having me. I'm sure this conversation will be fun. I think you're really gonna bring some new topics and new things that people hadn't heard of before, which is great. Just to get started, walk us through your career arc. How did you even get into this position? I love to talk about my particular arc for your listeners. I just had that mindset of let's just go for it. I randomly ended up working at a private fashion college in downtown LA for a couple of years. The exposure to fashion bloggers was my first kind of foray into this world of what is now influencers. I would say that was like 10 years ago, 2010, 11. And at the time that was really exciting. And so that is what started where we're at today. I have this massive agency that I've built, a talent management firm called GMB Digital Management. We're one of the biggest exclusive talent management firms in the country. And um, that's like the very abridged version of how I got to where I am today. But it's like just saying yes and, and trying things out and asking people questions and learn a lot along the way. So, yeah, I love that. You have a great roster. It's so diverse. Who's on the list? What, what can people expect if they come to you looking for influence? Who can they choose from? Yeah, that's a really fun question because a lot of people, when they think about influencers, there's still a lot of attachment to the idea of like old Hollywood celebrity, but there is this whole like incredible universe of influencers because influencers are more or less normal people that weren't groomed just to be a superstar. An influencer can be anybody who's out there telling their personal story. I've got this guy, David Meltzer. He was the dude um, who he owns Sports One Marketing, which is the agency that the movie Jerry Maguire was based on. And he's a huge personality in the business world. On the other hand, I'll have somebody like that's on our roster, like the Clements twins, which are known as the most beautiful twins in the world. They have just about 2 million followers on Instagram. If you literally Google most beautiful twins, they are the only thing that comes up. And there's just these fun, like nine-year-olds that are out there living a great life and have a, a really particular look that's very memorable. So you have a wide range of personalities. And uh, and then we have other people like this talent. The person that we got introduced to each other through was Steffi, who is a mom and a fashionista. She's got two children, lives with her husband and, and two kids out in Long Beach, New York. And she shares a lot of her family life and what she loves like about her home and interiors and of course her fashion and she's a really active influencer that gets hired by a lot of brands and does a lot of cool deals out there so we really you know run the gamut on who you can work with by working with our agency yeah wow what a, a span so i think there's so much i want to ask about that but we'll derail the whole conversation is this is the vertical dance video on tiktok and Facebook, Instagram reels. Is that sustainable? Like it just, to me, I don't, maybe I'm old, maybe I'm a curmudgeon, but I don't understand. <laughs> Great. I don't understand why 
that has everybody so glued to the screen. So can you demystify that for us? Why does it matter? It's like you could draw all sorts of conclusions that you want about the dances. Is it because it's attractive people doing the dances? I would say it's partially that. It's partially where it became lucrative is because of the communities that grew up around these people, millions of followers. Then you can start to think, okay, how do I move that community? How what do I, what can I put in front of those millions of followers that I've attracted now that is going to move units? You know, you move your attention over to the male TikTok star who's yeah. doing a dance or whatever. Same sort of thing. It doesn't really matter what's in his hand. It's, it could be Sunny D, could be Capri Sun, could be a skateboard, whatever. You put it in his hand, and if he expresses that's what he drinks or uses or whatever, and that's his preference, he's got the attention. And so the attention in a lot of ways trumps the right. actual results of use in a sense. The best influencers are the ones that do both. They show that they use the product and there's real results and they really believe in it for particular reasons that they can articulate themselves. We call that like organic, a very or, an organic connection to the brand. And yeah. then they bring the attention of their community to that organic connection. That's where you see, typically will see the best results. Cool. Yes. When those, that Venn diagram overlaps between mm -hmm. attention, authenticity, and it all lines up. If we uh, look at sort of enterprise brands or things that are like less fashion, less pop culture, let's say, have you seen any examples of that working? Talk us through something that isn't, that's worked in influencer marketing that isn't like an Instagram swipe your credit card on a Shopify store. What's some good examples of how that works that our audience can check out and wrap their head around. It's a really different game when you're talking B2C and B2B. With B2B, a lot of times what you're doing, if you're trying to influence, the sale has a lot to do with information and relationship versus like show and tell of a person who's saying, again, I'm drinking this juice. If you're trying to convince somebody that they need to use your software, or your credit card services or whatever, you've got to really have a lot more. There's intelligent thought there because you're trying to prove that by using your software or credit card services or whatever, they're going to retain more earnings. They're going to be more secure. Their IT is going to be more secure. So generally speaking, the biggest influencers when it comes to B2B marketing are those who are thought leaders. Uh, and that means that the thought leadership definitely takes place not as much on a video and picture driven platform like Instagram or TikTok, but in other, you know, platforms where you are talking more about business, generally speaking. So you're going to see a lot more influencers who are B2B influencers on platforms like Twitter or LinkedIn. Once they build up that credibility, then they're more likely to convert people and convert businesses to actually listen to them and buy the software systems that, that they're recommending. So I'll, at the genesis of the notion of how do influencers really move in B2B, I think it's a, a lot about thought leadership first and foremost. Generally speaking, it's like you follow that individual for a while, think, okay, this person knows exactly, they know all the ins and outs of something I'm really interested in or something that's going, I feel is going to move my business forward. If they then put something in front of me, like a cybersecurity product, 
then I'm going to be more apt to buy and purchase that and then deploy it across my organization. So the thought leadership is really important just to establish the expertise so that so that your word is taken as credible. Has the B2B community figured that out yet or is that wave coming? Or is it just like smaller and it's less visible? So it is happening and maybe guys like me just don't see it. I'm trying to figure out, is that growing or is it here now already and just not so visible? What I gathered is that the world is there. Like the world of influencers and B2B is definitely there. The presence of uh, B2B people, they are making transactions happen. But I think to what you were alluding to, it's they're not as well known. The market isn't as visible. It's not that it's not happening. It's just not as visible because B2C influencers are these big quasi, the new age celebrities that are out there publicly in everybody's face and talking about all aspects of their lives. Again, we're talking a lot more impact for B2B on platforms like LinkedIn, where you generally are only logging into LinkedIn every once in a while to update your your history or to read authoritative articles on something you're really interested in. Same with Twitter. On Twitter, you're generally following conversations from these thought leaders about things that you're you know, really interested in, but it's not as visible because it's not, you know, photo driven, video driven, et cetera. Is there management teams and, and GNB digital marketing guys out there that are only representing these kind of niche B2B thought leaders? You know what? That's a great question because I get to be just a hundred percent honest with you. I have no idea. I, and I have no idea because of exactly what you already said. I've never seen it. I have seen, because we work with this one great business leader who is a little bit more related to my space, David Meltzer, because he's founded a sports agency, a sports representation agency, or he was the CEO of a sports representation agency. And when I really got to starting, got to start a relationship with David and learn more about him and then end up representing him for some of his digital work, he he didn't have a team before he has his internal team that handles things. And we just more recently, my agency, especially in this last year over the pandemic, we've had more interest from everyday brands in business leaders, David, who are not just a family influencer or a fashion influencer. A lot of companies out there do want to partner with business leaders, people who do things besides post all day on social. And so I, I just got to know more, a little bit more of the nuance on, on your question here over the last few months or year even, because besides knowing David, I don't know any other person or agency that really deals with B2B influencers. I, I now I'm like definitely more interested in the depth of your question because there's a lot of nuance that a manager like me knows about when it comes to doing an influence campaign or just aligning yourself with a brand that a individual who runs a cybersecurity firm and is a thought leader in that space is not going to know. I guess from our perspective, I think that wave is still coming. People are still going to have influence in the B2B space that's significant, but it's it's not really a mature market yet. We need guys like you to bring bring it to the forefront and make it easy so that, you know, business mm-hmm. can, can sign up, pay a fee, deploy some of this stuff and see how it works. If you are Sunny Delight and you want to sell more Sunny Delight and you work with the TikTok guys to promote Sunny Delight, how do how does the industry measure the conversion effect or the conversion attribution, let's say? of that influencer campaign how are you measuring? 
how are you measuring performance in the influencer space? Yeah, we forget the roots of influencer marketing is just the roots of marketing in general. And in a lot of ways, you can compare influencer marketing to older, more traditional types of marketing, let's say billboard, TV ad, print ads in a magazine. And when you go to look at how you attribute where those dollars are going and their conversion, it's impossible to do, right? You don't know. You can estimate how many eyeballs are coming through by that billboard or estimate how many people turn the page and see your ad, estimate how many people saw your TV ad. People still spent millions, billions of dollars in those lanes with zero attribution because you have this thing, this other kind of more ethereal thing called brand awareness, especially at the onset of influencer on the on back when we actually just called everybody bloggers. Uh, a lot of it, most of this marketing channel was brand awareness. And uh, that was largely in part because tools or excuse me, platforms like Instagram didn't have uh, any way of measuring. There was no swipe up to shop. There was no links that you could click, right? So it was just about brand awareness when people did get involved in marketing in these spaces. Today, it looks a lot different. To your point, you can run an ad with Facebook and you get all the attribution where the clicks came from, what demographic, what region, everything. And um, you can get that from influencers as well. Influencers have a whole range of statistics and demos that they can see themselves about their own platform, their own channel. Uh, you can use things like you know, on Instagram in particular uh, with the uh, feature Instagram stories, you can include a link in your swipe up. So you can tell people swipe up on my story and take them to a cart. And then you can see how many people went through that funnel in a sense. What I see today in terms of dollars and cents is that it's largely still 50-50 play. Even with the pandemic and the pressures that the pandemic has put on global life and global business to show conversion, it's still a 50-50 kind of conversation to say, okay, I recognize I need to be aligned with these individuals because of their prominence in a community. So I need the brand awareness. But I also want to see some conversion. And there are lots of ways to, there's lots of, you know, companies you could partner with as a business to, to plan and execute a, a influencer marketing campaign, make sure you've got like the right links in place. They're going to track where everything's coming from. And then you could give a link to an influencer and make them use that on their platform, share that link. Then you would know where the attribution was happening, oh, but it's, let me pause you right oh, there. This is the gold stuff for us. What is, are the advertisers coming to you saying you must use this link or are you going mm -hmm. back to advertisers saying, we think you should track it this way and you do it for them? No. The other yeah. yeah. Great question. No, because it's not the, the goal. A lot of times I would say over 70% of our business is a talent management firm. So I'm saying 70% of the inquiries I get from people who want to work with our talent have nothing to do with attribution. It's purely a brand awareness play. So, you know, that 30% or so they are coming with tracking links where they want to see, they want you to use this tracking link so that they can see what happens and they can measure that performance marketing. That's just the new age of performance marketing, which is not a new a new type of marketing, but this is just another channel to do it. And a lot of people have figured out this channel. The big thing, the big change, especially brought on by Instagram in particular, is that you don't need an influencer to share a link anymore at all. You don't have to make that part of the equation. 
in the slightest because what you can do as a brand now is you can we call it whitelisting and that's where i pay an influencer to promote my product and do their photography because influencers we didn't talk about this at all but influencers are really their own little ad agencies their own production houses but you send them a product but they're going to do a whole photo shoot they're going to do all the editing or they're going to do video they're producing all that themselves they post it on their account on the back end, behind the scenes, they can give an advertiser or a brand access to that post, to their account. And then the advertiser can go in and plug in $50,000 or whatever, $5,000, $50,000, whatever they want, and boost that post. They can put it out there as an advertisement on the Instagram platform to direct it at any demographic they want. And this is how most ad programs work now is that when somebody comes to me, they will purchase space on my influencers account so that they're getting the organic kind of viewership from my influencers community that they've built. And then in the back, they will do additional spend on just placing it as an ad to a targeted demographic set. Does that make good sense? And it does. And that's really cool. I think that's very insightful. It's something I wasn't thinking about. So when the brand then runs that ad, is the is it coming from the brand's profile or are they just basically putting gas in the fire that's also that ad is coming from the influencer's profile? So the best, and this has been pretty tested. I think anybody who's listening to you could uh, easily Google this and you're, you're going to see lots of information on it. But the best return on investment ROI has always been driven by the influencer's channel themselves. If you see that person, that influencer, not the brand, not Forever 21 and an ad coming from Forever 21, but hey, I, I see Stephanie over here and she's look like she's eating Yoplait yogurt or whatever. Like I'm going right. to be more inclined to believe and buy through Steffi than I am through YoPlay. That makes sense. YoPlay is going to spend an extra $20,000 $20, pushing her content out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all sorts of levels of dollars they're throwing in there, but, uh, but essentially, yeah. So it's a little bit of spend up front. It's actually one of the cheapest forms of marketing still to this day. And I think that's why just more and more adoptions happen. More money is getting put in this lane of influencer. It was like a $8 billion industry in 2019. And it's set to be a 15 to $16 billion industry by next year, 2022. It's because, Hey, I can get like a sense of authenticity. I don't have to come to these people as YoPlay. I can come to them as Steffi who eats YoPlay. And you get that trust factor that a brand, especially a big brand, can't have on their own. If you're a, a brand or, or a marketer trying to crack into this space, what are maybe the top three, three tips that you could give for uh, how to get started on the right foot? What I think is missing first and foremost from most inquiries from businesses that we get who want to do influencer marketing is any sense of what they want to achieve. Like a lot of times they'll say, Hey, I want to see sales. Everybody says, I want to see sales, but they don't really know behind the scenes for themselves, what they, what that means to them, how much sales do they want to see and in what channels do they have set up in order to see those sales? I would say 95% of the time when I hear from a brand or somebody from a brand who wants to work with influencers, they have no goals in mind. So my first tip is always sit down and look at what you're trying to achieve. Think about what you're trying to achieve. Draw a little flow chart, what you like a spider gram or a spider diagram or whatever, all the things you think you could achieve. 
and then start to have, you know, more of a conversation around the, the next little nut here is the budget. Okay, like how much money do I really have to put towards this exercise? And I know that people, especially small businesses, hate approaching things in that way. They A lot of times we just want to go and do it without thinking about the budget. But really, how much money can I afford to put into this lane? And then just from the basic planning, that is going to help conversations if you want to get into this world immeasurably. A lot of times, small brands who have a product haven't thought about how much product can they give away? Because with influencers, primarily what you're doing is you're sending them a thing for them to review or create imagery with. And a lot of times people haven't thought about how much of my product can I afford to send out there to an influencer so that they can check this out. So a lot of it has to do with just planning thought. What do I want to achieve? How much can I spend? How much product can I give away? Put some of that down and really start to outline what we in the, the dream world, dream scenario, we could get out of this endeavor. And then the second tip is to essentially do some research, do a little research, see who's out there. I think for a small brand, especially like the best thing you can do, and this is, is really relevant to B2B, is think about who's the best partner out there and try to find individuals because there's millions of influencers on every platform who really speaks to the audience that you're trying to attract who is that like try to identify some of those key people that you think would be a great alignment for your brand i would say those are my biggest tips excellent so last but not least for everybody that's out there listening how do they get a hold of you if there's a brand out there trying to crack into the influencer space how do they find kyle how do they get to gnb digital management No, I wish that it was easier for me to just say my name. And if I was Kyle Smith, everybody could find Kyle Smith. But of course, you're going to have to read the um, description on this podcast, see how to spell my last name. You can find me on Instagram and shoot me a DM. I'm really responsive, which is just at Kyle Yomseth, my name. My agency is the first thing that comes up if you type in G&B Digital Management. Those are the two easiest ways to find me is through our agency and through my name and my Instagram profile. Excellent. You heard it here first, folks. Thank you so much to Kyle Yelmseth. You can check him out at gb-dm.com and check the link in the description as well to help everybody find their way over to Kyle. Again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I think you really exposed a lot of new things to our audience, so we're very grateful for that. If you guys have any questions on influencer marketing, Kyle is the man. Go check him out. This is the Attribution Marketing Podcast, signing off.